Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, you guys, welcome back for another episode of Demand Gen Radio. By the time you guys are hearing this, some big, big news has happened for my team, and I want to make sure that you guys hear it here just in case you missed it on LinkedIn, but we signed a definitive agreement to join BDO Digital. And hey, probably by the time this airs, we are part of BDO Digital because we will complete the integration by March 16th. Uh, I posted a video that I'll link to in the show notes below so that you can get the behind the scenes story of the why. We're super excited to be joining BDO Digital. And I just want to thank all of you guys for all the support over the years. One question I know you have is, well, if you're gonna be part of BDO Digital, are we still gonna have Demand Gen Radio? And that is absolutely yes. Oh, let's see, everyone is super excited. Demand Gen, live studio audience. Demand Gen Radio is not going away, nor is Demand Gen TV. Over time, uh, Demand Gen, the brand, the company will subside, but these are not going anywhere. It's a great name for what we have here on Demand Gen Radio and a great name for Demand Gen TV. So we'll continue on the journey together. Uh, today on the program, I am joined by, I'm just saying my brother from another mother. And the reason I say that is Ash Parikh, who is at Informatica. He is a senior vice president of marketing, a global head of marketing. When we were catching up together, we realized that we both are part of the Sigma Alpha Mu fraternity back in our college days. And uh, it's always nice uh, uh, when when you meet someone, Ash, and you don't realize at first they're you know a brother, and then you do, and and you have just like I don't know if, if you experience this way, but there, all these things flow through my head in terms of how much we have in common, uh, probably from a core values perspective and camaraderie, teamwork, social, and and this is you know school was where I got my passion for for digital and marketing. How about you? Uh, absolutely the same 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 story uh, that I've had, uh, David. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for having me, brother. I mean, uh, this is this is truly an honor on my end to be on this podcast. You've been doing this for so long, David, and this is a topic close to my heart, Dimension. So, um, you know, an avid listener and follower for many years. Truly delighted to be with you. So, uh, one of the things that you mentioned, right, Sigma Alpha Mu, nineteen oh nine is when the fraternity started. I mean, I think. Our alignment is probably very, very deep-rooted, um, especially around all things marketing and demand. And so truly, truly delighted to be here. Thank you. You have been at Informatica for 13 years. I started the company, DemandGen, 13 years ago, and now we're at this next big chapter uh, in, our, in our journey. So it's really, I said in the video that I made, the one that I linked below, I, I gave shout outs to Tiffany Lewis, who is our head of marketing, co-owner of the company, my business partner. And I mentioned her on the video that she's the only marketer that I knew that had been in her role for that time until I realized you are the number two. So kudos for you for, for building that. You started in product marketing, right? No, absolutely. I mean, that's been my background. I, I, I also carried a uh, carried a bag as a salesperson for awesome. a bit. You know, I, I really, really didn't cut it, as you can tell. Uh, I did some customer service as well. And of course, having, a, you know, the product background kind of rising through the ranks uh, through product marketing and marketing. But 13 years, it's been that long, David. Um, I, I just don't know how the time has passed, as they say, right? 
Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun, and I sure have been having fun at Informatica. Well, I'm 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 surprised they've kept you anchored there this long because, as you know, the the market for your knowledge and your expertise is incredibly in in high demand, and every single day. Every single day, I have someone, Jill Rowley, if anybody knows Jill Rowley out there, texting me yesterday. She's got three open roles, uh, senior roles in marketing. She's always asked me, do you know any good, good people? And it's tough for me because, you know, the clients that we work with, um, they're happy where they are and they're doing great work. At the same time, these incredible opportunities uh, evolve and, and you do want to recommend uh, people for them. Let's go back to college, though, for a second, Ash, because we're going to talk about digital quite a bit. You, yeah. you mentioned that you were in sales, as was I for several years. And, um, you know, I worked in Microsoft in sales, and then I started in sales at Fairlawn. I was always on the path to marketing, and I wrote about this in my book, uh, that I my professor, Jerry Rosen, in college, said, if you want to become a great marketer, learn the psychology of why people buy, and the best way to do that is to be in sales. So even though you kind of from a self-deprecation perspective, so you weren't very good in it. I bet you learned a ton, though, that makes you uh, more collaborative and and better aligned with sales from it. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, in fact, I would you know I was joking, half joking about it, but I would call it one of the best blessings in my life because as a marketer, if you if you aren't in the shoes of three people, I mean, you not literally, but at least understand their psyche is one is your CEO. One is your chief product officer and one is obviously your chief revenue officer or head of sales. You aren't really going to cut it because to be truly aligned, you really need to know what, what is really at the heart of their day-to-day -day life. Yeah. And the point around sales, right? I mean, think about it. It's such a tough job, yep. uh, especially in B2B high tech, right? It's competitive. I mean, uh, you don't have the time. You're asked to do so much. Yeah, and then marketing then tells you you've got to do this as well. So it's like, how, how do you get all this done? I mean, marketing truly... The best marketing teams, especially in B2B high tech, that's where I am. Uh, I think I've seen the, the success between marketing and sales being when both the leaders at the highest level and the teams are truly aligned. I mean, you you obviously should have your differences, you should debate, but you know, be joined at the hip. One pipeline, one goal, one one success criteria. I mean, if if sales does not win and marketing wins or you know meets their pipeline goal, that is not a win for me. Right. So that's that's the way I think. Yeah, no, it's the right one. It, it, it is one team. Justin, the producer of the podcast, I'll ask Justin, hey, put a link to my book below. You, you guys can download a full copy of my book anytime you want. It's on our website, but it's right there in the show notes. And I talk about this, Ash. I, I, I compare it to like, you know, uh, Training Day with Denzel Washington, that movie. Like you, you have to view yourself as one team. Uh, it's it's I. The military has the army and the navy and the air force, uh, but they're all one united military force. But they're very different. Football teams have offense and defense. The persona uh, and and plays are different, but they're one team to win the game. And I always have to stress that. But it's not natural, as you know, to uh, to have these teams really work together because they are so different. So it takes agents of change like yourself and leaders like yourself uh, to unite. And we were just talking before we we hit record on the podcast about the number of times you've been on stage at, at sales conferences and and addressing to them what the marketing plan is going forward. Let, let me ask this question for you to explain it. Because Informatica has been around for a long time. They've been a client of ours for many, many years uh, and have watched their business change and evolve. How would you describe who Informatica is today from the guy who should be best at describing who Informatica is? 
Well, in just in a few words, we are the industry leader in enterprise cloud data management. And if you really think about what's going on in the cloud, the most important thing in the cloud today is the data. Yeah. So we are we are the people powering everything that is done around managing that data. I think um, you know data is is the most critical thing or the only thing or the thing that you can own as far as today's world is concerned. I mean, in the cloud today, in the cloud first world, you don't own anything, right? I mean, it's, everything is leased from the storage to you know everything that's out there. So. Yeah. Um, you really want to, you know, you really want something. You really want to put your hand around your own IP. And as a customer, as an end user, what you own is the data. So you really yeah. have to think about that. So we are in the business of making sure that you, you, dear customer, your data is managed in the best way possible, yeah. where you want it, when you want it, and at the speed you want it. Well, I was I was sitting around in a fire pit in the backyard, uh, you know, because because all of us are at home these days. And I was sitting with Tiffany and we were drinking a glass of wine and we were talking about all of our stack because as part of the coming together with BDO Digital, we use something like 30 different tools here. So we were we were just kind of riffing and talking about the use of technology and all of our data and how we need to integrate these systems with, with BDO Digital. And we said something kind of, I, th I think it was kind of an interesting perspective is if you think about creating businesses of the past, we manufactured things. So we would mine things. We would take out ore. We would take out metals. We would take out. We would chop down trees, and we would build businesses and structures and products from the removal of assets from the earth. But in the age of digital, companies like you guys, you're the mines that are filling up the data with everything that's being captured, and it is, it is the most precious asset. Uh, and it's just an interesting way to look at it. Like, you know, I, I, if you take a look at Marketo scripts uh, and marketing automation scripts, right, all those scripts that are collecting metadata on all the visitors, that had to go somewhere. And it's, you know, uh, terabytes. I mean, it's just massive amounts of data. And that's just one application, let alone all the contact information. So I imagine Informatica's business is doing extremely well. Oh, absolutely. Right. As you know, as I say, um, it was Hadoop yesterday or big data yesterday. It's cloud today. It may be something else tomorrow. I, I, I basically feel that data is always going to be important. It's so close to your heart and my heart. Right? It's personal. It's yeah. our data. It is your data. It's the company's data. It's, yeah. and it's everywhere. Yeah. It's ubiquitous. It's omnipresent. So I feel uh, and it's only going to explode. It's in every single new format that's out there, new product that's out there. You have you you need to connect the dots. So as long as the, there's a need for knowing, need for um, analysis, need for data-driven decisions, I think that and that's going to be till eternity. I think data is going to be extremely important. I'd love to chat about how 2020, um, you know, definitely curveball for for the world and changed a lot of things. Um, I always tell my my daughters. Uh, and, and people, when sometimes they're down about certain things, like there's a silver lining in everything. Um, it doesn't necessarily reveal itself at the time when tragedy happens. Uh, but COVID, Ash, you know, can I share with you personally something that, like, if COVID hadn't happened, I don't know if this coming together with BDO Digital necessarily would have happened because. Mm. BDO Digital has 1,800 offices around the world. They have 80,000 employees, and they all worked in offices. And when we started our process to find a partner for our journey forward, DemandGen, you know, for the 13 years you've been in Informatica, 
13 years, we've been virtual. We have like eight people here at our headquarters in San Ramon, members of the leadership team, but all of our services teams are virtual. And when I talked to some potential partners in the past, they were like, ooh, wow, you guys are all virtual? Like we're in an office, so it's gonna present some some culture challenge and other challenges, working challenges. And I would I would sit there and listen and realize like, they don't know that that this combo approach is what you should be striving for. I mean, the quality of life that our teammates get. So when we talked to BDO Digital, Ash, for us, the silver lining of COVID was, they were so warm to the idea and said, well, you guys know how to do virtual for 13 years. We have to learn from you because we're not gonna bring everyone back to the office. We need to embrace this, this change. But what are you, you know, have there been silver linings for you personally, for Informatica? And what have been some of the challenges of, of 2020 from your standpoint? Well, look, first of all, it was the toughest phase in our collective lives, right? I mean, a pandemic, you know, once in a lifetime occurrence, touching all of us, affecting all of us. I mean, I, look, all of us, you, me, we've all been changed forever. Yeah. Uh, we can do business the way you and I go out and, you know, even try to get entertained, dine, shop, tr look to travel. Everything has changed, not just the way we work, right? Yeah. That, that's an important thing. So I think... Silver lining, I mean, given given the background here, I'd probably not call it a silver lining, but I'd probably say there's something good that comes out of every, um, you know, uh, unfortunate incident. And I think one of the things that would probably come out of this is a balance, right? There's, there's There was yeah. so much around, hey, let's travel to every single conference, to every single meeting that, that's mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. It's probably going to be a hybrid world. I mean, nothing can ever replace in-person meetings, you know, meet coming over to say San Ramon and just saying hi to you, David, and you know, having a coffee with you. I think that that's irreplaceable. Yeah. But you know, you you do that for the right things. Yeah. But for the rest of it, I think since it's a digital first world, there's gonna be a lot more of digital stuff that's gonna happen, like you know, meetings and webinars and um, you know, summits, etc. But that's again um, an opportunity that's lying in the wait for all kinds of companies and including Informatica to help customers look for that golden nugget, for that needle in the haystack. Yeah. Because there's a tsunami of information coming to the digital consumer today. When when Tiffany and I, as I mentioned, you know, Tiffany runs marketing, but but she's also co-founder in the business and co-owner. And when it came time to sign our partnership with BDO Digital and bring the businesses together. I wanted to do something special. I didn't want to just sit in the living room uh, and do that or do it at the kitchen room table. So I, I whisked her away for Valentine's weekend. We flew to Hawaii. And you know that that's not easy, as you know, but certainly yeah. worth it. So that we could, you know, it was, it was surreal, Ash. Uh, and I have the pictures from it. Uh, we walked down to the ocean and sat down. We pulled out our iPhones and opened the email together that had a DocuSign and we tap, tap, tap our way to taking our business and our baby and joining forces with another uh, company. And that was a magical experience uh, for us for, on so many levels. And then we went to the pool and I saw in the pool ash, everyone leaning, there was like this beautiful infinity pool at the Marriott and everybody was six feet apart, leaning on the infinity wall, looking out on the ocean. So picture that. So I swim over, and I'm just, you know, full disclosure, had a, had a glass or two of champagne, and I start to swim towards this guy, and I realize there's no six-foot spot for me. 
So I said to him, it's John, we've, we've stayed in touch. He's a pilot for United. I said, hey, can I get within three feet of you? And he goes, come on over, man. It's good. We're, we're good. We, we've all been tested to be here in Hawaii. And we formed a friendship. And like I said, we're still in touch. And when the United flight the other day, the engine blew up, you know, I reached out to him and I said, hey, it was a safe landing, but I just want to make sure you're okay and the team's okay. And he thanked me for that. Nothing replaces face-to-face as you and I talk about. So how do you as a marketer, you know, take, I mean, it's important for companies to have digital engagement and frictionless uh, engagement, but what are you doing to address this massive gap in the ability for your team, your sales team and the organization to meet face-to-face with customers? No, absolutely. So look, I mean, that's a fantastic story. I mean, that's, that's, that's so touching. And I wish, you know, I wish I could meet my entire team right now, but, you know, given the situation, we will, we will get there as soon as possible and celebrate together. That's what I tell my team all the time. Um, However, to your point, it is most likely going to be a hybrid world. As I mentioned before, I think the right activities will happen in person, David, going forward. I think look, look at it from a perspective of a CFO, right? Or a sales leader or even a CEO. We've already seen as an executive team now that you can do a few things remotely, mm-hmm. digitally, you know, on Zoom, on WebEx, on you know, Ring Central, whatever that might be. Um, it's doable. And there are certain things that potentially you absolutely need to do in person. So I'm sure we will we will settle down at that say at, you know that level that leveling will probably happen in the next whenever six months to a year etc and it will be a more new world. However, what's not going to change in my mind, in my humble opinion at least as a marketer, is that we've already seen the beauty of doing things digitally, right? So at this point, we have an opportunity, but we also have a problem. As I mentioned earlier, right? I mean, now everyone is jumping into the fray. Hey, let's do more virtual summits or more virtual webinars. I mean, webinars are always virtual, but webinars and do things more virtually and networking events, which are virtual. So there's a lot. There's a lot of choice. There's a lot of stuff that's coming at a customer um, every single day from every single vendor. And, uh, you know, how do you separate the noise from the actual content that you are looking for? Right. I think that's going to be the age of personalization and intelligence and data. I think that's where you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck in the next year, six months to a year. You're going to see a lot more of evolution from a marketing perspective because think about yourself and me, right? What, what, are, we, what are we, how do we think? Okay, stop sending me so much of information. Send me what I want. Know me better. Do you really know me? How well do you know me? What do you believe I need at this point? What can help me at this point? What are my peers doing? Mm -hmm. What are your best recommendations? Engage, but then give me my space. Become my trusted advisor, right? So that's where we are are evolving. And I think it will settle down in the next six six months to 12 months um, as we start leveraging more digital technology more and more. But I think that that human element will also have to kick in as, you know, what is in person, what is not. And what is the right kind of information and personalization that's required by the end consumer? I want to talk about personalization. This morning, I got on uh, YouTube, as I normally do. It's kind of my my morning ritual is coffee, YouTube, and LinkedIn. I go to YouTube where I get my information. 
<clears throat> and Elgato released some new products, as did DGI, two brands that um, I love to, they have great product lines, uh, different product lines, lo love them. And I love the fact that when I get on YouTube, I'm seeing videos for these new drones because I'm really into it. I didn't have to go find it. It's right there for me because YouTube and Google knows what I'm interested in and serves it up for me. Uh, let's bring this into B2B because that's B2C. Let's bring this into B2B. Your domain, you're talking about personalization. Do you candidly feel like you guys are crushing it with personalization at Informatica? And if not, how come? And if you are doing some things that you feel are good personalization techniques, what, what are those? We are absolutely on our way. So look, let me give you an example. If you, David, are a chief data officer of a company, right? Mm -hmm. The very fact that you're a chief data officer means, first of all, you're an executive, you want to have a trusted relationship with a vendor, you do not want to be hounded, you want to be given your space, but you also want relevant information when you want it. So what we've started to do is you know, create specific persona-based hubs for our customers, for personas like a chief data officer, and serving them up. First of all, we welcome them the moment they, they enter our website, right? Wherever they enter from, whether it's you know, from a search thing or, you know, from from, you know, from hitting on a particular asset that's sent out to them by email or however they, they find us. The moment they get on our uh, on our website, if they're chief data officer, we recognize them. You know, we then basically say, hey, listen, would you like to hear more about data strategy? Because, you know, that's a topic that's top of mind for a chief data officer. Right there, there's appreciation that this company knows what they, what I'm interested in as a persona and most importantly, hey, here you go. There's a special hub that's created for you. It's a it's a landing page. It's a website that's created just for you within our our uh, you know uh, web domain. And what we do out there is a lot of engagement. Right? I'm not going to make it difficult for the chief data officer to click ten times to get something. I'm going to make sure that they you know I, I get their information once, or maybe I already know enough about them. I just go on offering them conversational content, shorter content, more visual and more interactive content, like, you know, maturity models or maturity maps or images that scroll. And, you know, you see a little bit of a, a tidbit of information about the entire asset before you, you know, you kind of download it yourself. And we don't hound them to kind of keep logging in or basically putting their information in every single time. And that's how we build, build out that, that trusted relationship. That's one thing. The second thing is the content. Content is king. Knowing that the chief data officer is paramount to me as, as a leader in marketing, right? What does he or she really care about? As I said, data strategy could be a topic. Yeah. What, is, what, is, what are his or her peers doing in the industry? What are some trends that he or she needs to be um, you know, concerned about or aware of? Those are the kind of topics that we start serving up. And soon and very quickly, you start building that trusted relationship and the customer comes back for more. I, I think that's the best way of doing marketing. It's elegant, and it's basically at the time that the customer really needs it and the way they want it. Let's talk about your marketing mix, and then I, I want to talk about the dynamic flywheel that you talked to me about the other day next, yeah. because I, it was an interesting conversation in terms of like not not a, a different point of view from the static funnel to the more dynamic buyer relationship. But before we talk about the relationship, I want to talk about content because you guys push out webinars, videos, infographics, case studies, 
all kinds of different images, maturity maps. I mean, you you have a plethora of different content. And I think for everybody listening, that you remember the remember the old days when all you needed was a website and some like downloadable <laughs> PDFs, right? I mean, it was pretty pretty simple. Uh, you know, just just making this podcast is incredibly simple, right? I mean, the only hard part is 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 our content, right? I mean, and and I don't think that that's hard, but to actually record this and edit it with the software and publish it and get it out to thousands of people is incredibly easy. And and we're just having a, an intimate conversation that you know, all of you get to listen to and us riff on things that we're passionate about and interested in and we think you guys are interested in. But writing content and visually creating content that stuff is hard work, and it's and you're never done. You're just publishing it every single day. So, how do you at Informatica? And it's a question I think for every, all of us to reflect on: is are we creating too much content? How do we know if we're creating the right content? How many different forms of content do we need for the buyers? I mean, we always need to be experimenting in marketing for sure. Like I had my doubts about doing the, you know, demand gen TV video. I'm like, just the commitment alone is going to be a big commitment. And is that the way that our audience wants to see MarTech and do show and tell? So I didn't know Ash, but we experiment, and it's a it's a long climb to build up a subscribership on a YouTube channel, and it takes a lot of investment. So how do you guys approach the content mix uh, at at Informatica? Because your your buyers they're they're a bit more technical, right? I mean, you're marketing to a you know a data audience and and probably CIO. Absolutely. No, no, great, great questions all around, uh, David. So look, first and foremost, as I said, look, um, my background has definitely helped me uh, lead marketing here and um, also in the industry because it's helped me understand as a product marketer coming, coming through the ranks of product marketing, understanding the product, the market, the, the, the competitive landscape or the market landscape. What does a customer really want? I think at the end of the day, it's truly knowing your customer's journey intimately. That's the first thing. Content is king, of course. However, if you do not know what the customer wants or is looking for, and these things can change from, think about it as market trends, you know, as a, the pandemic happened, who could, who, could, who could say what was going to happen, right, before or after the pandemic? I, I think customers' journeys themselves change. So you need to keep yourself abreast of the customer's journey, the buyer's journey at every point at every uh, step of the way. But how? How do you do it? Like, it's so easy for me to think, like, about my drone hobby, that if I was at DGI, I know what I would create for me because I'm the buyer and I know what I want to see. But how do you do that? Like, how do you understand the buyer's journey and know what type of content they need at all these different stages? Very simple. Talk to the customer. I have a mandate in my team. You need to talk to customers. You need to be talking to salespeople. You are in marketing. They are two of your biggest stakeholders. You absolutely need to be intimately involved in knowing what the customer stories are, what customers are going through today. And of course, we get other feeds from, say, you know, market trends and industry analysts and things like that. We, we absolutely get, get, get that input as well. But nothing replaces talking to the customer directly. That's what makes a fantastic marketer, especially in the B2B high-tech space. You said it, right? They are more, they are the more discerning, um, you know, consumers of the information. They know what they want. They, they already do, have done some of that research, maybe all of it. Now they're looking for how you can help. 
So you really need to meet them exactly where they are. Mm -hmm. So I think that is extremely important for marketers in the B2B high-tech space to know the space, to know the customer. It's not just about you know, doing an event. It's not just about doing a webinar or sending an email or, or you know, whatever that might be or uh, sending a podcast. You really, there has to be thinking. Yeah. There has to be a strategy. There has to be alignment with the customer's uh, journey and their thinking that makes it you know, valuable marketing. Yeah. One of the things that's worked for our marketing team is we use Uberflip as our resource hub. And mm-hmm. so like on, on my... So I agree, by the way, 100%. Talk to the buyer. Sometimes the buyer can't tell you, but if you really if you really have a, a good conversation with multiple buyers, you'll find right. out the forms of communication they want. Um, I think everybody, by the way, needs a GRP. I'm going to make that up as a new acronym. You're like, what's that, Dave? Gate reduction program. We need to ungate our content. Like, <laughs> that, that just everybody needs that initiative for 2021 because nobody wants to fill out forms and gates, you know, have gated content. And I think if you do a really great job with your content and you just make it available for all, then if you connect with your buyer and if your solution will solve the problems and you've done a good job with your content, they will reach out to you. You don't need to capture their, you know, this quest to build this large, gigantic email database so you can just spam people over and over and over with their emails Forget that. Just put it all out there. Put all the content. That's the old world. David, yeah. that's the old world. That's, it that's, is. Yeah. People don't change, though. They're still stuck in landing pages. I can't get over these landing pages for webinar signups when they know who I am. <laughs> like, why is there even a sign? I should. When you and I jumped on this call, I clicked a button. I didn't have to register. Just brought me right into our conference, right? Because the software knows who I am. Websites, you got to put the scripts and the technology on there so that, that your customers and your known visitors don't fill out gates that I go down a rat hole there. But I, it's so I'm so passionate about that because that's so old school. Um, let's let's circle back though to uh, instinct as well. So when we announced the coming together of BDO Digital and Demand Gen this week, we did we checked the boxes. We made a press release. We put a banner on our homepage. We did some social posting. But I knew. Because I felt this way, Ash, that I wanted to know more than what the press release said. When I see people uh, put out a press release or note that they've raised $100 million from some private equity company or investor, I want to know why. Why did you raise that money? Were you running out of money? Did you need more money? What are you going to do with that money? What's it, how are you going to fuel your growth with that? Uh, or coming together. Why, why did those two companies come together? So I made a video. It was 30 minutes, Ash of me talking about the why with BDO and recognizing mm-hmm. the people who got us there. Is that the right format for folks? I don't know. I went with my instinct. And sometimes we as marketers, we're, we're communicators. That's what marketing really is, is, is communicating with you know, a potential buyer or a customer to create, like you said earlier, engagement and form a relationship. Sometimes you have to try different channels. But the point I was going to make with Uberflip is we get to see what's working and what's not, what people are consuming and what they aren't, so that we can stop creating infographics if that is not something people are going to read or consume. But at the same point, we found that like tools, checklists for folks like you and your team, actual tools that you can use for your job is the stuff that you guys want. So we make a lot more of that than we, than we create other things. Case studies, 
people don't watch our video case studies. I'm, I'm sorry to say. Like, case studies are important, but when we put these testimonials up on our YouTube channel, they don't watch that stuff, Ash. They watch the show and tell of different MarTech demos and how to do this in, in Marketo, how to do this in Eloqua, how to do this in Pardot. They love the how-to. That audience wants the how-tos. They don't want to hear how, you know, CenturyLink, now Lumen, loves DemandGen and loves working with us and all the things that we've done together. You th you'd think you need to put those out there, but nobody watches those videos. You, you bring up three important points. And let me, first of all, you know, congratulate you on taking a gut kind of a, a feel, right? A, hey, I want to do a video. Because what were you doing? You were trying to tell your own story in your words to your audience mm -hmm. because your your audience connects with you david right as the host mm -hmm. as the person behind the scenes as far as demandgen radio demandgen uh you know uh as a company is concerned yeah. and the, the initiative so that was awesome now coming to hey was that the question from you right hey was that the right format i would say yes it was the right format because you were trying to tell your own story and you wanted to show people your emotions what you were thinking about what yeah. the story was etc now we can always debate right is should it happen 30 minutes or 5 minutes or 2 minutes different conversation right i mean de depends on now let's get into the content for a company that a company sends out to customers well here's here's what i believe in there is diff there are different form factors or different types of yeah. content and that different, uh, you know, that the amount of time that you need to spend on content, uh, reviewing it, viewing it, using it uh, at different points in your journey as a buyer. Now, like, let's take, for example, if you're just trying to get, you know, aware about a trend or, you know, something that's going on in the world, a blog is great. You know, maybe, maybe you're, a, you know, a podcast or you listen to, say, a quick little chat that someone is having with um, a customer, uh, for example, a thought leader. That's plenty, right? Three, four, five minutes, I browse something, um, caught up to speed, and now I can do my uh, deeper uh, research as I go along. Mm -hmm. Then as I want to do a little bit more research on this topic, I might go around to, you know, say, looking at a deeper executive brief or a white paper. I, I even cringe using the word white paper nowadays because it's more about an ebook. Show me something more pictorial. Show me more visualization. And you know what? If you really are going to do this digitally, which is what it should be, digital first, then show me a teaser of the content that you're going to deliver to me. At least show me three or four or five pages of it or maybe even the entire thing on online if I don't want to uh, download it. Give me that convenience. So those things always matter. Uh, videos are always great because, hey, listen, you can see what someone is saying and the right kind of video for the right thing, right? If it's, as I said, a thought leadership piece, great in a 30-second video, I wouldn't do three more than three minutes, a minute and a half, three minutes uh, kind of stuff is now the amount of patience someone has. For sure. Okay, right? Shorter, timely, more relevant, conversational, visual, and interactive content. And I completely believe with you. Less getting, the better. Yeah, 100%, by the way. I made a 30-minute video because, you know, if, 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 I got a, if I got on the stage to accept all the accolades that were coming our way, uh, there was no music that was going to play that was going to pull me <laughs> off. So, I, so I, just, I just riffed on the journey and unpacked it and figured people can watch a minute of it or the whole thing. Uh, but, yeah, if you're marketing uh, and doing demos and other kind of stuff— uh, people's attention spans are not not that. In fact, thank you guys for always tuning in and listening to our episodes on the podcast. Which is sometimes, Ash, I don't know, should we stick to thirty minutes, forty five minutes? I really, I really just go until I think we've we've had our discussion. Let's talk about the next thing. If you had a marketing tattoo, I think it would say like close one doesn't equal close done. 
because you're passionate about um, yeah. the relationship going beyond them just becoming a customer. Where does that passion come from? What are your thoughts on it? <laughs> that was a nice one. Um, yeah, absolutely. Do you so have that tattoo? I love that tattoo. In fact, I'm probably <laughs> trying to get one. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. But, you know, I, I call it the dynamic flywheel. It's no longer a static funnel. Um, and let me explain myself. It's, again, marketing has changed. We have transformed. It's not just about selling something or marketing something and walking away. It's about constantly providing value. You know that term, CLTV, customer lifetime value? Mm-hmm. You know, it starts with the word customer Mm -hmm. and then it leads with lifetime value it's about value to the customer not to the vendor in fact i I actually wrote a pretty pretty nice blog a lengthy blog on uh, the cmo council around this if anyone's interested please do take a look at it but you know i think there's enough going around ash that's Uh, profound that i mean uh, too often when people think about lifetime value they're thinking the value to the business they're thinking about revenue growth what you said I want to underscore it. It's the long-term value to the client. Exactly. They're the hero. They're the hero in the journey, not your lines of revenue in your business. Yeah, think about it. Fine, we are in a cloud-first, you know, subscription-first world. Everyone's buying as they go and pay as you go, et cetera. And marketing, especially in B2B high tech, as, as I'm exposed to, right, cannot just stop with the buyer just purchasing. You know, someone may have just bought you know, signed up for a little bit of what you're offering. And if you don't show that value, they're never going to be able to think about you in the right mindset that you can offer them even more. So you've got to continue to keep providing that value, show examples of other rele- relevant solutions. So see, m- m- take a note, I did not say upsell and cross-sell. No. I said show examples of other relevant things that you can help them with. Show them that you can. you are committed to helping them uh, you know, truly deliver on their business needs and business goals. And you know what? If you look to deliver value, they will come back. The yeah. business will return. Notice again, I did not say renewals. I did not say, um, you know, sub- uh, renew your subscriptions. That will happen. Referrals will happen. I think it, it's along the point that you made earlier. Um, you know, uh, ungate everything. Yeah. Let me get the value and then I will come back. Um, you know, don't just think, just keep thinking about leads. So I think it's very similar. It's, it's about psychology. At the end of the day, marketing is about truly knowing the psychology of your customer. 100%. Uh, do you ever watch Jim Cramer? Yes. Okay. So, you know, he does the lightning rounds. Yes. You want to do a lightning round together? I want to do a lightning round on what does the modern B2B high tech marketer need to master from, from you? Can you, can we do that? Perfect. Let's go for it. All right. Kick it. What does the B2B tech marketer need to master, in your opinion, in this kind of this whole digital first world? I would say truly know the buyer's journey deeply, the buyer's personas, who are the users, who are the influencers, who are the buyers, who are the decision makers. Know the entire persona map. What's next? Uh, after that, I would say, you know, know what is needed by that by those buyers by, at every stage of that journey. So know, know, know what... The buyer's journey looks like, which I'm interpreting as what is the information and advice they need to go through that that buying process from the epiphany to awareness, interest. You know, when you and I went to college, it was AIDA, awareness, interest, desire, action. I don't care how marketing has evolved and changed, that still that framework 
that's the buyer's framework and it never never actually changes. You got to take them through it. So you're saying also know what their goals are, know what the desired outcome of the buyer is uh, so that you can help them achieve that probably very important at Informatica given what you guys do. If you're you know the leader in cloud uh, data storage, what are they storing and what does the value of that data storage look like uh, to them? What's what's next on the Jim Cramer lightning round? What about products and solutions? Well, as you as you just said here, right? Knowing the buyer's strategic goals, the milestones, initiatives at the very highest level, not just at the project level, then maps to you know you as a company, you as a vendor can need to know your product and solutions deeply as a marketer. If I don't know my products and solutions deeply, I'm not going to be able to map them to the strategic goals and milestones and initiatives and projects that the customer already has. Uh, baked into their plans for the next year or the next six months. There's one piece though. You really need to understand as a marketer, not just you know individual project level intent as a as, from a customer's point of view, but also management intent. Right? What is the what are the what are the what is the, what are the executives of the company really thinking about? What is the board of directors actually concerned about? What is what is that market in general concerned about? Right? Are they looking to actually move, say, to the cloud just to leverage, um, you know, the, uh, the 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 you know, the benefits of the cloud? Just just so so I can throw that out. Yeah. Well, do you know about that? And then are you mapping your solutions to that intuitively and proactively so that the customer doesn't have to then do that homework themselves? I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going. So buyer journey, buyer's goals. Know thy products and solutions, which I love that because I've always been, you know, like I love products and technologies and I've wherever I have always been, I make sure I know how those products help. And I've been challenged, like when I've moved into industries where I didn't know the market or the product, I would I would learn them inside and out. And it's so, so key. All right, what's next? What else do I need to know and do well, as a marketer? Measure everything, right? Monitor and measure everything. So now that you're, you know, serving up data and content and Yes, no, summits and webinars and everything that's you know basically designed around the buyer's journey and knowing the customer, knowing and mapping your products and solutions to support those initiatives. How you need to measure things. It's not just about pipeline. It's about that value we spoke about, right? Yeah. But now let's start becoming a little bit more data driven because you do need to keep an eye on some KPIs and leading indicators, like you know whether net new contacts are important to you. I would say engagement and interaction is very important. So if you're personalizing your website, you really need to know how many of the right kind of personas are hitting that website. You know, how much are they interacting with you? Are they just, you know, getting there and, you know, leaving that, that particular landing page or whatever that might be, that specific page, product page or solution page, are they leaving like an instantly or are they actually engaging? Um, what are the open rates and click-through rates for your content? Well, how many customer references do you have in a specific area and a region? Do you have share of voice in the industry? What's your industry leadership looking like? So these are all the things that I would probably look for mm -hmm. as a marketer to, to fine tune my own marketing engine. By the way, we'll come back to KPIs and dashboard. I want to wrap with the relationship. Give me give me two more, Ash, because you're on a roll. Um, Perfect. You're, you're, so, so we talked about KPIs. We yeah. talked about the buyer's journey. We talked about values. And then now we start talking about being more data-driven and measuring and monitoring everything. Yeah. So how do we do that? This is the day and age of modern digital tools and technology. So just pick what's the best for your organization. You may have to test a few, try out a few, but ma mainly things like, you know, 
Are you doing multi-touch attribution? Are you beat scoring properly? Are you doing the right kind of personalization, the right kind of AI capabilities on your website, like chatbots to engage instantly and knowing your customer instantly when they land on your website to serve them up in the most relevant way? Remember the example I talked about um, you know, earlier. Hey, dear chief data officer, you've landed on my website. How can I help you? You are interested in data strategy. I already know that because you're a chief data officer. Mm-hmm. Now here's something for you. Yeah. Right. And make sure it's not the same thing you gave them the last time they visited your website. Yeah. Right. So a lot of AI inside that. And of course, management intent. And one last thing I'll I'll basically talk about once again is keep in mind this is about value to the customer. Mm-hmm. Customer lifetime value. Keep thinking about providing um, nuggets of information, content that can help the customer, you know, become a lot more informed. An informed customer is a happy customer and they'll just keep coming yeah. back for more. Bread breadcrumbs to buying. Someone said once. I can't. I don't know who it was, but I liked. Uh, I liked the concept. Someone was talking about that. Your content is just little type of breadcrumbs to the path to buy. You got to know what the journey is, as, as you said. That was a fun lightning round. Um, let's wrap up with the relationship that marketers. You, you've you've survived for thirteen years in your role, Ash. You are a unicorn in terms of marketing. Longevity. Most marketers, as you know, 18 months, 24 months, two to three years. Uh, and you have have really made an investment and commitment there. So what is your secret to having the right kind of relationship with the, the C-suite? Mm, that's, it's, it, I've not thought about it that way. Let me just say I'm extremely lucky. I'm extremely fortunate to be working at a company like, uh, like Informatica. They are very customer-first people first, employee first company, which is why probably I've never, you know, raised my head and said, hey, I've been around for 13 years. I've just been having fun doing what I'm doing. And I'm, I, I know that we have, you know, close to 5,000 people who think the same way. So um, it's a brilliant company. As I said, it is the leader in all things cloud data management. So that's, that's, that's important to keep in mind. It is, it's a leading company. It is in a great space, data, you know, regardless of whether it is, big data or cloud or whatever else, it's always going to be a relevant topic. So I think that's one thing. The other piece of it is, look, um, I've always um, worked towards alignment and building that trust and credibility. I think I mentioned that to you earlier. I think the biggest thing for me as a marketer is, am I going to be able to survive 10 minutes on main stage at a sales kickoff? Mm -hmm. Because remember, sales is the most discerning audience for a marketer. And if you can, and if you can make sense to, with a with a salesperson, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, you're really you're, then you're not marketing. You're truly talking about value that a salesperson can provide to their customers. Yeah. When you stop being a marketer, and that start that's when you start becoming a value creator for your company. So I think it's about alignment with the CEO's goals, being on the same page as a chief revenue officer, head of sales, and of course knowing the product and solution stack inside out. Especially for product companies, right? If they are, if products is in their DNA, you should know the products inside out. So, I think that's been key, right? There's no separate pipeline for marketing, separate pipeline for sales. I've always thought that there's one thing: if if sales loses, I lose. If sales win, it sales wins. That's how I think. And the other piece of it is, you know, the alignment and trust with the CEO is is the most important for a market leader. Nice. Market leader. Um, I'm going to ask you a personal question then, as we wrap up. If if you were coming on stage, 
at a sales conference and you were getting welcomed onto the stage, what's your walk-up music? Ah, I I truly like, you know, Danger Zone from Top Gun. Danger it's Zone. Funny. I love Danger Zone because wow. it's all about a challenge at every point, path point in your way. All every right. Way. Let's see if we can do this then. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Ash Parikh. Thank him for joining us today and all the wonderful insights that he has shared with you. Ash, did you know I was a DJ in college? Like, I'm always ready to play a song. I'm always ready. <laughs> you're, you're amazing. This is awesome. Let's give it up. All right. I guess, I guess that was walk-out music. I've never done that before, but there you go. Hey, thank you so much for sharing all your insights. I love the lightning round. And um, I'll make sure that we put some links to some of the posts that you've done on CMO Council recently. I love that you are getting a lot of your expertise and thought leadership out there for all of us. And I hope you join me once again uh, on the podcast down the road and keep sharing great insights. Thank you, man. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio, you guys. Um, Check out the links in the show notes because I mentioned a bunch of different stuff. So I know some of you are out there riding your bike, taking a walk, doing what you do, but do take a peek at that stuff because there's some goodies for you, including a link to download my book. If you have not read it, Ash talked about lead scoring. Uh, my book's all about, it's called Manufacturing Demand, and it is the number one book on lead management. And I think every single digital marketer needs to read it because it has great recipes in there. We talk about personas. We talk about the demand funnel. We talk about lead nurturing and KPIs, analytics, one of the things Ash mentioned in his lightning round. All right, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.